0: As he does so yo we are live on the um beat people podcast episode 72 and in episode 72 we're talking about the ensonic asr 10 um another classic sampler Uh, but it ain't no drum machine, it's a keyboard. And, you know, depending on, you know, it's almost like what set you claim, you do beats with keyboards or beats with drum machines. Like there's some people that don't mess around with drum machines that are some of the biggest prolific producers that use the ASR-10. And uh, so this episode, we're going to be talking about the ASR-10. So welcome to Beat People Podcast, episode 72. And uh, without further ado, let's get started. yo what's up my people we got the daydream santa we got d still and uh ken's gonna be joining soon enough uh,
1: what's on, uh yeah what's what happening up? yo what up good, good, well, good. just chilling yeah. you drinking some sparkling water on a Saturday. a nice saturday <laughs> Shiny. <laughs>
0: Shiny. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt man i I'm, I'm so glad we started doing these focus episodes man because there's some there's some gear like if you do like a music tech news show like this uh, you talk about the latest stuff and the greatest stuff the newest stuff but you never get a chance to give shine to um the older stuff that kind of shaped all the newer stuff and so this is one of those machines i honestly sometimes think it feels like not a lot enough people even know about the asr10 um And I was fortunate enough. I talk about a lot of the classes. I haven't owned a ton of them. I've been around a ton of them. But this just happens to be one of the ones that I've owned. And i told a story before. I'm going to just just start this off with that. Then we're going to kind of go into like what this joint is. Um, I I, I copped one. Oh, let me add Ken to to the thing. What's up, Ken?
2: What's up, man? I'm over at my parents' house right now, so I'm i'm
0: practicing you know <laughs> safe measures right now to make sure that they don't no, die no doubt no you know doubt. so yeah man we were just talking so want to kick this off with just this one thing i came up on an asr 10 and like i said i've told the story before but it's appropriate it has to be told on this episode i came up on an asr 10 for i can't remember 150 dollars Two hundred? No, it was probably it was under two hundred dollars. So at any rate, this dude said he had one in Hollywood Hills, and he and he and he said the joint was broken. It was static when he moved the potentiometer up and down, and and the volume would just go up and down on its own. And I was like, cool. I did the research and I knew the parts to get. I went to get it, and then he was like a stoner in Hollywood Hills in a garage with a bunch of stuff, and uh he was like, yeah, bro, let me show it. And I was kind of thinking like, nah, don't plug it in. Cause I just want to take it and go for this hundred (laughs) and fifty dollars. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, he plugged it in and it started working. He was like, sorry, bro. Uh, I ain't going to be able to let it go. And I was like, damn. Then he gave me his record. It was an experimental sort of electronic rock record or something. He gave me wax. He was like, I can let this wax go. I was like, okay. Uh, Man, I want your record. I didn't come there for no record. Anyway, I just kept my little money in the pocket. I put the record that I got in the car and left. Then he starts running down it because it was like a, a hill, a driveway, and uh, he starts running down, bro, bro. And and I was like, I stopped. And then uh, he was like, it started doing it again, bro. Go ahead and take it. And so I backed up. I gave him the loot, and I put that joint in my in my truck. And I, as I drove out of there, I was like, woo. <laughs> <laughs> right because it was a come up you can't get those in that cheap anyway I threw the parts in there and I used that joint for a year and I gotta say it was there is something special about that joint it sounds different than everything um it feels like there's effects on at all times that there's just something about the sound it makes it seems like it makes the sound wide and Mm -hmm. warm but not necessarily crunchy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's a it's a weird, weird thing, but it's a really dope machine.
1: The ASR was one of the first uh, machines that I felt like it sounded like it had a built-in compression tape thing. Yeah, me. that. Yeah, it, had, it had that vibe to it. Um, and I remember uh, the first time that I made a beat on the ASR, I was like, whoa, this just sounds different. Mm-hmm. Also, also, the just a workflow of keys versus pads yeah. kind of opened up how I lay out my samples, which mm-hmm. mm-hmm. is, it was just, it was just really, really cool. I would have really cool. that
2: they had, they had a more rounded kind of vibe to the whole thing. Like the, like the NPC series always felt very sharp to me. Um, mm-hmm. like it, it just has like an angular sound to it. It's just very like precise and sharp. Whereas the ASR stuff to me always sounded a little bit more, um, little bit more smooth and i just found like whenever i sampled into it it was it was something that was more um for an intangible word i'd say vibey you know yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so i'm looking at the specs here on a
0: sample it says well, it was polyphony 31 voice polyphony but the sampler was sigma delta 64 times oversampling, 16 bit 30 kilohertz or 44.1 kilohertz mm-hmm. variable sample rates 127 wave samples and up to 8 layers. So, I don't know what the signal... The 8 layers
2: was the big thing. The yeah. 8 layers is crazy. Yep. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> but whatever it is, I'm sure it had to do with that sound because uh, yeah, you could set things up to be 16-bit and 30 kilohertz. It don't sound like no ASR-10. There's a lot more magic in <laughs> that than just those two things. Yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I what, don't know much about like that the sampling algorithm, but there's it's this one bit oversampling thing or the 64 times. over there's something in that in how it actually Samples that makes it a lot more Accurate in a way, but it, it really does sound different.
0: Yeah, it does man I, I noticed when I would throw stuff in there for some reason it just sounded bigger and Like there was some mojo on it. And I can't really explain it <laughs> well, up.
1: well, check this check this out. Here's here's why one thing that I used to do on the ASR Um, where, you know, it had, like, sort of this mod matrix where you could assign the LFO to different things. And before this whole, you know, cassette lo-fi thing was, out, I used to just modulate the pitch of my samples Mm. with that LFO very, like, softly. And I would Mm -hmm. modulate the pitch, and I would modulate the filter, and uh, just the level of my stuff. So it would sound like it had that warbly tape cassette thing going on. And I I literally wouldn't sample any lo-fi machines. I would just do it with the LFOs Mm
0: -hmm. built
1: into the ASR. And that was one of those really special things that that machine had, that LFO, and also the multi-mode filter, which is pretty wild to me. Yeah, Uh, a lot of options there. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, it had two digital filters in series, one low pass and one high pass, up to four pole filtering with 6, 12, 8, 10, 24 dB octave slopes. Yeah, it's
2: it's <laughs> There's fire. effects this too, man. The effects yeah, that you the can effects get for sticks. it, that's uh, oh, secret that, that right stuff. There. Like that was one of the the other things about it because to me, it was, there was always like a like a, a lot of people would use the MPC in tandem with the ASR, mm-hmm. um, but. I also remember like a lot you know, back in the day a lot of us it was like you either had one or the other. Like, you know, not all of us had that kind of that yeah. kind of cash to have two yeah, two that. machines. Oh, right. Or it was like or it was like I would have an MPC and my boy would have the ASR and mm-hmm. then like when we would kinda of, like hop on each other's gear and all to get to know it, it was like damn, these effects are so much better mm-hmm. <laughs> Like they were just leaps and bounds uh more usable in my opinion than, than what was on the Akai stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I want a rack version of the ASR-10. That's
2: yeah. what I want.
1: I I, I, yeah, I have to pick one of those up because the keyboard is cool, but I don't got no more room for keys. It's like <laughs> you know, I, I just don't have room for keys in my lab. Um, but, yeah, that, that ASR was really... I'm trying to remember what the output of the ASR, what the back of it looked like. Hold on, I'm trying to...
2: So look well, I this. remember you could get that expander. Yeah. Um...
0: There was wait. There was an the SR-
2: expander? Talk
0: about it. well Who? What? What expander is that? I don't recall that. Hold on. Let There's me an look. eight output. Wasn't there expander.
2: a? Uh, if I recall, there was an eight output expander that was in like a, it had like a black box. Yeah. Am I yeah. thinking of the right thing? Yeah. If you get this was a long version. time ago, so I'm trying to refresh my mind.
3: Yeah. If you get the rack version, it comes with eight outs already on the back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's um, the reason
1: why I want the rack one because it has that. Yeah.
3: But if you get the keyboard, you have to buy this expander thing, that gives you uh gives you eight outs. Um, if you if you're yeah if you're into multi-tracking that sort of thing, it kind of helps.
0: So how did it, how did it connect then? If it was an eight out thing, was it like a uh was this proprietary cable that connected this this yeah, output?
3: A very proprietary cable. Not the cable itself, but it actually passes digital audio mm. or digital control from it. Oh, oh that's oh, cool. Wow. Oh, they pretty, so, pretty dope. The way they did it—it's kind of—I I actually still don't really understand how they do how they. Yeah, they're up. saying <laughs> in the chat they're oh, saying it's,
1: it's the OES, the OEX expander, for yeah. for the ASR two. That's out, the two one th- that I'm
2: thinking of. Yup. Yeah, yeah,
1: the two outs with uh with the six with six out expander. So the keyboard yeah. had two outs, and then the the expander was six outs on that joint. Yo, dang, I gotta find one of them joints.
0: That's dope. It kind of makes me wish I hadn't gotten rid of it. I was very opportunistic with my ASR-10. Because, you know, stuff comes and goes, but with my ASR-10, I was very opportunistic. I ended up selling it uh, about a year and a half down the line, year, year and a half, I can't remember, but for pretty much nine times what I bought it for. (laughs) And you remember
2: what happened? Hey, you remember what happened when you sold it, too?
0: (laughs) Oh, well, with the dude...
2: the kind commentary.
0: Oh, yeah. There was a lot of people. Well, like, well like, the well, guy we was work.
2: the guy was freaking out because he couldn't get it to work because he didn't realize that you needed the disc in it in order to boot yeah. it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah,
0: see, and that's the thing. People don't realize, like, these are classic pieces of gear. It ain't just turn it on and it works. Like, you had to have that old raggedy floppy off in there. <laughs> you turn it on, it's raggedy got a big floppy. And then it pops up and you can start using it. And the effects were on a floppy disk too, right? Like if you bought uh, additional effects, you have to throw that floppy disk in there. And so it's funny because when people buy stuff like that, they're still thinking, well, you you know, if they have no experience with that, they don't know what to think. So they're still thinking in terms of like you just bought something new from the store, like you just bought something yeah. used that just came out five years ago. And it all has relatively current technology. Well, that ain't like that. you know what I mean and that dude I was doing tech support so finally I was like yo bro that's how it works you bought it (laughs) (laughs) go go read something on it I don't know what to tell you literally and then when he realized oh I just gotta put this in there and it it works well
1: shout out to uh, Blue Buddha Beats he's saying that the EPS has the OEX with 8 outs on it the rack version yeah, the rack version. I I gotta look yeah. that up because I I've been
3: all um, the all the Sonic rack versions have multiple. So the EPS, the 16 plus, and the ASR 10. If you get the rack, you get because you don't get the keyboard. They gave you everything else, and the whole memory mm. thing is expanded when you get the rack.
0: So the rack was. When you get a the joint. keyboard,
1: you get a keyboard, but you don't get everything else.
0: <laughs> right.
1: Yeah. So that's kind of why, like, because I never had any experience with the rack versions and stuff. I've only owned ever owned. Uh, ASR 10 keyboard and I have the ASR X still. So yeah. for me, that's fascinating to know that the ASR 10 has the outputs, the rack and the EPS 16 has all those outputs built into it. I mean, I got to get one of those. And that's the hand. other
2: thing is that that, that ASR X is completely different. Like, yeah. It and, is, and people don't it speak is about that It's a completely different animal. Yeah, it's not
1: the
0: same. No they should have really called it something else is <laughs> what it comes down to.
3: Yeah. And that happened exactly when it came out Too people are like, this is no precursor. This is no, like, this is nothing like the not follow
0: up. Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
2: Well, what, what I'll you tell you what it though, to? it gets, it gets, it gets, um, uh, some property and it also gets some, some undeserved hate, man. Cause like that thing, the ASR is dope on its own, but yeah, it's just not, it's not a 10. like, and with, with X being the Roman numeral 10, like, people get confused with that a lot. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, it is, it is not a desktop version of that. It is very mm-hmm. different.
1: It also has the worst pads of all time.
2: Uh, uh, second worst pads.
1: Because Rhythm <laughs> MK1 might be number one.
2: All right, maybe, 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 yeah, no, I still say second worst pads because I'd, <laughs> I'd say the Rhythm pads are better. But I'd say the wow. SP, uh, the SP series pads are the worst because they oh, the SP. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those are pretty bad, but yeah, I, I mean, those, those hard pads on the ASR X are like, you're like, I, I don't know what these are. Are they buttons? Are they pads? I really don't know.
0: So it had a tape recorder on it. The ASR 10 too. Uh, was this like the first machine with a, with, with that kind of thing where basically it's audio tracks. It's like two audio tracks.
3: I hadn't seen it before that.
1: Um, yeah. yeah, I haven't seen it before that joint.
3: And even when you got it, it's like you couldn't really use it unless you were like, you have to be a heavyweight because at that point you have to have a SCSI drive big enough. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
3: A, <laughs> a side quest drive to even deal with it. So if you were like, you know, somebody like real, you could have done that. But when I got, you know, back in the day when that came out, I was like, okay, well. I can't even afford a zip disc, so I can't do it with the floppy, so forget it, you know.
0: <laughs> right, but right.
3: It, if you use that today, you can do it like you know what I mean, you can
1: do it easily and it, it it's dope. Yeah. Are there are there emulators out for the ASR ten now? That's yeah, a good any question. any SCSI to S D emulator will work. Okay, yeah, yeah. I just didn't hey, know I'll, that. Send,
2: I'll send a quick shout out to uh what's this guy's name? Um They even stole your foreskin, (laughs) who's troll on here saying, outfitting the mask, you're part of the problem. First off, you're a jackass. Second off, I'm at my parents' house, and I'm protecting them. So you should get your mind right.
1: (laughs) Oh, man, here we go. Here we go, Ken, getting aggressive. What
2: happened? (laughs) Uh, We just got a moron in the chat, so I just figured I'd point him out and um, tell him to get his mind right. Yeah, it's, it's 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 a beautiful day out, so I can do that. I can I can yell at trolls today.
1: Oh man! Here we
2: go. Oh, here we so go. anyway, yeah, uh, one of the other <laughs> things about that ASR that's that's really interesting is the fact that you can process your sound through it, mm. and really when you when you run samples through it, you can still retain a lot of color on it. Um, yeah, it's mm-hmm. funny because I remember when um when I was doing stuff with Native Instruments and they were first starting to implement the um the sp and the mpc 60 vintage modes into the machine they didn't include the asr because they said that they did not uh find that it colored the sound enough and i thought that that was insane (laughs) but that to me was just like very counterintuitive because i have a lot of friends who actually just they keep their asr not even to really make beats on but just to run sound through
0: mm-hmm that's why see have, yeah that's why I have I mine. Did that a lot of well, that was the major mm-hmm. part of the, the way I used it when I had it was really to, to kind of process sounds like you know I did some sound design when I had that thing where I would just kind of run things through it and sample out of it I <laughs> could use whatever my workflow was um mm-hmm. with it because I just kind of wanted to wet it with that sound um hey so the daydream sound you have a few videos on the asr10 um mm-hmm. And so there's this one that I want you to talk about. It says ASR10 and MIDI Sprout equal great vinyl emulation. Right. Okay. So yeah, what what was the experiment there? Like, what what was kind of the results of of what you were doing?
3: So the MIDI Sprout it's a it's a biofeedback converter. Basically, takes electrical pulses, turns it into MIDI. Mm-hmm. So I use that to. Because it's so subtle, it will generally fluctuate over time to anything. It's uh, this thing here.
1: Mm.
3: And when you use the MIDI port to hook it up to a plant or even yourself, it will just spit out random MIDI information. So I used that to, what was I doing? I was uh, hooking it up to a filter and the pitch to slightly move it over time. Okay. So it's random, like you can't control it. So it just yeah. does it's not frequent. So I was using that to just emulate the way vinyl would move by kind of That's emulating dope. like just a turntable actually spinning. And yeah. it sounds pretty, you know what I mean? It's subtle mm-hmm. and it doesn't take you anything to do. Like you don't have to use a MIDI, you don't have to use this. You can use anything.
0: <laughs> and right.
3: it, it really adds a sort of, you know, organic feel to samples.
0: Dope, dope. That's a dope experiment, man. Um, So what would would you guys say, like with the ASR-10 and MPC and SP-1200? Like, I mean, we mentioned this before. You think the ASR-10 is like one of the most slept on, or is it kind of like that secret weapon? More people got it than we realized. Because when I just looked up, you know, famous users of the ASR-10, it was two columns of names there. Like, it was a lot of names.
3: I I think people who use the ASR-10 herald it, but I think because it's so deep, it, it, it's not a surface level instrument. You yeah, know man. what I mean? It's a it's high powered, high, highly advanced synth that happens to be a sampler where I think most people just want to kind of throw a sample in there, bang out a beat and go about their way. Well, I wouldn't get an ASR 10 for that. Right. <laughs> yeah, neither, neither would I, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. If that's you're that's a heavily a good point. Like,
3: you know, and that's why you see Autiker, Apex twin, all these people that love to tweak, then the asr10 is up your alley you know and Whoa. then there's the other people who love the sound like you
1: can't deny that mm-hmm. yeah my asr10 one of the first things that we did with it is we sampled the organ at church oh dope. Oh, wow and and we had a whole organ laid out on the asr and it was like but it was like this really like goopy lo-fi version of the organ that we had at church mm-hmm. and it was really i still have the floppy somewhere. I don't know. That's dope. but but it's just, it's just one actually i used it on one of the expansions that i that we did for native instruments it was an organ patch that I, it came right off the asr from mm-hmm. my old church from like 20 years ago nah, it was like dope. crazy you know but <laughs> but but that's why i like the machine because it just had this mojo about it it was like it just did, even like sampling in something happened mm-hmm. what when, when you're sampling into the asr so it was just really really cool um
3: it's nice like in sonic had really good a to d's like that's what they they were good at that and um you can hear it so i think a lot of especially in r&b you hear asr 10 all the time like all mm -hmm. the genuine, all the timbaland stuff yeah you can actually hear it like if you own an asr 10 (laughs) you hear like you're like oh that's it you know
0: that's actually the truth that the first time i plugged up asr 10 in my studio started using it i was like yo that's instant sort of familiar to a specific sort of time and sound you know what i mean yeah if you know that sound you could definitely pick it out in the crowd i heard timberland talk about once that he was like um the reason he used the asr 10 is because he never really you know to him banging on pads wasn't what resonated with him it wasn't that wasn't his way of musical expression anyway so to him it was about cheese even if it was percussion <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? same way. Where he was comfortable yeah. with so
1: yeah that one one of the things about the asr that was really special is the way that it pitched samples mm. and that's something that you hear a lot of that example in timberland's music where he'll he's doing a lot of stuff with his voice or a lot of vocal percussion all that stuff mm-hmm. the way it's being pitched in the asr especially on those early like genuine records like yeah. that stuff was like it had a lot of character Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of mm-hmm. that's why uh, all samplers have a vibe, man. Like the way they pitch things and the way mm-hmm. things are converted, it's like, man, I. That's why the ASR is special to me, and I and I feel like the ASRX had had a lot of that when it came to the sound. It wasn't mm-hmm. the same kind of workflow, but the sound, the result that you got of it, like chopping samples on the ASRX, was pretty cool to me at least um but i wouldn't i would never go back to it though so that's
3: interesting go ahead go ahead it's it's something it's an acquired taste and i think like to your question like why it's not why it's so underground it's because it's not for the most part it's not plug and play
1: yeah
3: no it's not (laughs) (laughs) yeah
1: it's not plug and play it's like plug a lot and play a lot until it sounds yeah. good. <laughs> no doubt. I like to look at it like it's it's
3: like a modular system in a sampler because you got to literally like take something, put it there, make just like it's literal internal patching.
0: You're like routing the
3: interface all the time. Yeah, you, mm-hmm. everything you have to make it happen. It it will do nothing for you other than mm-hmm. the way it sounds. You have to make everything happen.
0: Yeah. That's dope. That's dope. How much sample time did that thing have? Or a sample of memory, so it says two expandable to 16, but doesn't really speak in seconds because I guess because it's a variable sample rate, obviously, you're gonna get a variance in time, yeah. But you do eight instruments though,
3: you could do eight instruments and eight layers of each instrument, yeah, and then you can have a sample on each of the 127 keys per instrument per layer. It's crazy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's nuts. <laughs> what does that today? Like, I mean, you gotta get a soft sampler to do some. Okay, okay.
1: So, so, so you mentioned that, right? You mentioned that, and there, there's a there's a a keyboard that came out maybe two years ago that I thought was gonna be kind of a successor to the ASR, which is when we saw the Prophet X come out. Mm-hmm. And when it, I saw yeah. the when I saw the Prophet X, I was like, hmm, this thing is. A sampler and a synth with analog filters, and whoa, this is kind of nuts. Where's the sequencer?
0: <laughs> it's my theater.
1: No.
3: Look, y'all look so disappointed. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it doesn't sample either.
1: It, and, it plays and, and, back. Yeah, it, it, just, <laughs> it just plays back samples. I'm just looking at us
3: in the camera. I'm like, we look like like somebody took Santa I'm Claus I'm sorry. it
1: looked look, yeah. like
3: somebody canceled
0: Christmas on y'all, man? <laughs> look, look the way.
1: <laughs> you know, I was like,
0: no. <laughs> we, we,
1: we, we had that look like when you open the the present and it, it's socks. Yeah, <laughs> They're like this ain't no sense. <laughs> oh my god, oh,
0: that's hilarious! Man. Disappointment. Everybody's like, "Yeah, that thing." <laughs> so again, oh, they've left with no current day ASR ten.
1: Well, you know, you know what I think was more of a successor to the ASR ten. What the MPC four thousand?
0: Okay, okay. I think I the way like that, that uh, Z what was the, the Z sample Z plane sample I can't remember what it was. What it, it was called.
1: the Z three, the Z eight,
3: the Z eight in it in the four thousand. Oh, the fourth, yeah, the four thousand, the Z eight, and the A,
1: the Z six, same engine. Mm. So uh, I, the reason why I think that was more of a successor to the to the um, ASR is because sampling key groups. Was really like important on the 4000. Mm-hmm. Like that, yeah, and that's, and, th- and yeah, to me, yeah, like, yeah. yeah, man, like, I wish we had, like, a honestly, I wish, okay, all companies that watch our show, because I know you watch our show Akai, Electron, whatever the face is, the name of the other company, uh, Native, uh, hey, somebody come out with a dope keyboard. Sampler that has a sequencer, mm-hmm. that has an audio interface built into it, preferably between a thousand and twelve hundred dollars. Thank you. Oh, that's all.
0: That's that's an order. That's an order. Let's that's see all. how. <laughs> let's see how we get it with that yeah. one.
3: Do you think though that? Do you think people would really be interested
1: in that? Yes, like on a mass scale. Here's why. Mm. Key keyboard piano the 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 form of input of music musical input to a device a piano is still more widely used than pads Mm -hmm. i don't understand why people don't make an npc but with keys or with you know the asr was that like yo bring that back because most a lot of people play piano A lot of people are more comfortable with keys than pads. Some people look at pads like I don't know how to play a chord on 16 pads. Like it doesn't make sense. But
0: (laughs) That's true. Because we've gotten to a point now with like 16 pads or 64 pads even. We've gotten to a point where we've adapted what we want to or what melodies are on keys to these pads and these weird shapes of our fingers on pads. (laughs) You know what Mm -hmm. I mean?
1: Yeah, and Mm -hmm. it's and it's, and it's one of those things where, like, it'll open up the possibilities for more things, like polyphonic aftertouch, on keys, to a sampler like that. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, controlling our samplers and being able to do key groups in a certain... So, I, it it, su- it sucks because we have to go backwards with pad controllers. We have to create pad perform modes mm-hmm. in... in yeah. You know, in order to get keys, or like on the on the 2500, on the MPC 2500, you, with JJOS, you have like this chord mode, which you can program chords on specific pads, but that wouldn't be the issue if we, if we had keys, and if we were to input music that way on a sampler. But because we're sticking to the pad format, which I understand, you can make the device smaller, it could fit on desktops, it could, it, you know, mm-hmm. it makes sense... But I think we're making a lot of mistakes getting away from keyboards. Ima- imagine, the, imagine if the ASR ten had the, um, <clears throat> had the keyboard that that new uh, that new keyboard that uh, what's the name of that company that polyphonic aftertouch keyboard? Oh, uh, hydro. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. No, not, not, not hydro. No, no, not polyend. Uh, it's um, the one and it has no top to it. Like you can. Yeah, it has no. The the same people that made uh, that oh little. Goodness. Thing, ju- oh the but, Roley? no, not Roly. It's the, the other one. Touche Company. The Touche Company. You know what I'm talking oh, about? Oh, yeah. what's, oh. The what's the name? It, what's that company? It's called Unsee or something like that. The name of the keyboard thing, or I don't know yeah, what. Yeah, what's the is. name of that company? Oh my gosh, uh,
0: that's crazy. I, I'll find it. Oh man. my I'm, gosh, somebody in the chat didn't say it already.
1: Yo, I forgot I mean, the I name of my the company. Bad. I, oh but- my <laughs> gosh, but imagine ASR yeah. with 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 the horsepower of like an NPC live mm. with yes. a controller of that's you know polyphonic active expressive e. expressive e yes so so these are the kind of things we need to see now we need to see sent, like beat machines that go beyond mm-hmm. what we're used to because i think mm-hmm. that's what we're missing i think companies are chasing kind of like what the other companies are doing and just putting out horrible versions it's like putting out clones of each other and then like the mm-hmm. sixth clone just is missing a leg and like <laughs> you know. I, know I
3: saw in the chat like the, the quantum is kind of like
1: yes the closest thing that i see that i'm like you know what quantum yeah i played yes it, yes creepy, the quantum is crazy
3: hmm. but it, it you know it's got a sampler tacked onto it so it's, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not really full blown but that is the closest thing that i've seen um that i'm like you know what this is this is pretty good
0: you know yeah yeah and and what are these what are asr 10s going for now cuz i i feel like anything that the more we the more we or anybody else that the more we
1: talk about it the is the more
0: the <laughs> price goes up it's <laughs> still cheap man service <laughs> you know I man so okay. cheap
1: okay so i see them right now i see one for 699 and i see one for 15 Woo! <laughs> G- to me that's still a steal that's still a yeah. Steal. That's 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 really, but what really
0: you're dope. getting, it's a steal, man. Yeah, man. Oh, this is dope. Yeah, that's dope. I mean, a, a couple years ago, you couldn't find uh, you couldn't find it because I wanted the rack mount. I think that's really what it came down to. I planned on when I got rid of my ASR10, I planned on getting the rack mount version. Um, just because that's a it's a behemoth of a machine. That machine is huge. I don't know if people realize that. I had a hell of a time shipping that. I should have never ship that shit. It was Oh, <laughs> uh, I should have been like pickup only because it was such a hassle. I had to find a a boxes plus place and I had to go in there and them dudes they was running around to all the big shelving units trying to find boxes and you know the, and we got to get the master packer. Hey John, and then this guy comes out. And he knows all the stuff about all the boxes ever. <laughs> he backs it up such hey, a big joint.
1: Hey, at CC Funk One, yo. I'm with you on the sequencer on the ASR10. It was it wasn't as flexible as I wanted it to be, and that's kind of why I ended up going yeah, more MPC. That's kind of why I ended up going more MPC than ASR because that MPC can let me be a little bit human as I as I wanted to be, and the ASR too. But it was just quirky, man. And
3: yeah, it's an acquired taste, man. It's like craft beer. You you really have to like <laughs> like that stuff yeah. to to really. Yeah. You have, yeah. It's not for everyone, and that's, you know, it's, that's. I think that's what's kept it kind of like just held down a little bit because mm-hmm. the power, as powerful as it is, it should be like, it should be like top tier as far yes. as, you know,
1: a desirable item. Also, that so, shit was heavy. Yeah, it was really heavy. So it's, it's
0: mm-hmm. it to me, it feels like it's one of those machines that's kind of polarizing. Either you love it or you hate it. Uh, mm-hmm. or, or either you love it or you don't even think about it You know what I mean? One or the other And and I gotta say, I never really Got into the sequence on the one I had That's why I used it mostly to grab Samples for other reasons or Sample stuff mm-hmm. Basically use it as a processor And this is why I wanted a, a rack mount version Of it because I was like, this joint's taking up Too much space for what I use it for <laughs> You know what I mean yeah. And I end up running with that thousand dollars And doing something else, probably bought some Euro rack. <laughs> that's probably what I ended up doing. Yeah.
3: You know I, what? Now that you mentioned that, you're probably going to see some type of revision of the ASR10 in EuroRack before mm-hmm. you see like a real, you know what I mean? Something. I don't know what yeah, you could, yeah. guys do, but you know, yep. they might be a little bit more willing to take that on. I could
0: see that. I, I think, and I think that's kind of the the dope thing about EuroRack because it's kind of like the engineers or the designers' playground. You know what I mean? You could play with different ideas. You could dig in, and 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 then all the time, every time it's independent companies doing it, so they kind of have a little more leeway to do things without the fear of like dropping a bunch of R and D and not getting the the yield that they think they need from it from being a big company. Because you know, these independent yeah. companies, you know, it's like, hey, it's me and this guy, and so we got time. <laughs> Corey,
1: why don't we do this? Why don't we throw some samples into the assimilator and dial up air and dial up the uh the specs from the asr and see how they how they I think uh... it would get
0: pretty
3: close
1: yeah because we because we did it close. with the sp12 remember we were talking uh-huh. about sp12 and we dialed in those settings we're like ooh, yeah this is, uh...
3: the assimilator ryan's reminds me of the asr like right away anyway you know just that <laughs> sweetness you got
0: it, it's it's got a really sweet sound, um, and then the layering thing almost like so you could put a sample in there, but you could have eight slices of the sample. Um, uh, like I was saying to somebody the other day with the with the with the assimilator, it's eight tracks. And a lot of people use it as like eight separate drums, like so it just becomes an eight track drum machine for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It could be now, more
1: than that, yeah. It be so
0: much more than that because now you can put a sample, slice it on one track. You could put like a a few different samples on one track and address them with CV. And so now you have this whole thing, and then you can dial in all of those settings, sample rate and bit depth, and any a few other things too. Uh, to get close to almost any of those old N-Sonic and Emu machine yeah. sounds.
1: Also, okay. Dave Rossum told us himself, the the A to, the D um the DAC that's in the in the Assimilator is one of the most high quality ones that you can get. Mm-hmm. That's why it sounds so good. Yep. So, yeah. So. Man, man. Yeah, I man, I'm so bad. I got rid of mine. I have to pick one up again. Yeah, that's
0: gonna be a problem. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's Yo, it,
3: speaking of your rack remember if you guys do seriously get the rack remember like with the asr10 you can plug cv into it it does accept cv mm-hmm. so you can it will play really nice with your with your your rack like really nice
0: so that's an interesting thing in itself too because oh, you get, like right now i mean we all know cv and a new thing but there was a period where it wasn't a thing that was common <laughs> you know what I mean? And I feel like the ASR 10 came out in that period. <laughs> so it's, it's a trip to like that speaks to either how they were harkening back to some of the classic stuff or if they were just a far advanced more so than anybody thought. You, you know what I mean?
3: They had this proprietary CV pedal. Mm-hmm. So that's what they kind of meant for it. But, okay. you know, one day I was like, I saw CV and I'm seeing you guys talk about CV and I'm like, let me just plug this thing in. And sure enough, it tracks. It won't wow. track like super fast stuff, but it tracks. And you can assign it to anything. So the things you could create in your rack, it will follow.
0: Wow, that's like, dope.
1: Really well. Yeah.
0: That's really dope. I'd love to be able to experiment that with that a little bit.
1: I think a lot of the older gear um, just lended itself to be used with a lot of like CV stuff because I even seen stuff with the MPC 2000 XL with modular, you know it's pretty wild when you think about what those eight outputs are capable of, like mm. sending tr- triggers and all that stuff. Man, it's it's pretty cool. So
3: yeah, so Voltage Controller um, Shiro he was saying he like I didn't get that I'm like he says, I mean a little bit off topic but he was like he uses actually like audio out to clock stuff. I'm like how are you doing that? He's like, I just you know
1: basically ping his modular stuff and it i never yeah. thought about doing that yeah yep. so so on the electron analog rhythm it give one of the one of the voices that you could switch the analog voices to is literally just a trigger out right just a ah. out so that you can send one of the joints you can for instance i can take track 12 and just put all 16th notes and clock my whole yeah. system with that yeah and we do that That's with we do that with the NPCs and with the with the force. We yeah. just use one channel to send gate a gate out, and that's it. We clock our whole entire system. You know, so, it's this is
0: just a simple ping, like. <laughs> and I do it. I do that to to clock my Uralite system with swing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I'll program those pings in there at 16th. notes, but with, with you know where it's unquantized, yeah, yeah. and then so it's just firing that off as a clock. But, in that like loose yeah. way, <laughs> you so go, here's how a
3: crazy he,
1: that is that, like man, I got yeah. I got, I got something wilder. so here's here's one thing that I love about the electron sequencer and those trigger outs. Mm-hmm. I create my own sloppy, slewed, bursted clocks with one track of triggers, right? So mm-hmm. what I'll do is huh. first first note is a single note. the second note is bah, brr, then bah, brr, like doing all this crazy like, ratcheting as a clock yeah so now Mm -hmm. i'm so now i'm sending that to the clock of my system and everything's all wonky Mm -hmm. and like drunk sounding which is cool because the rhythm gives me the ability to send out an actual sequence as the clock and that's yeah. super dope for me. And it kind of blows my mind all the time. And it, it gives nasty. me the ability to have a lot of feel and and wonkiness to my beats because the clock that I'm sending is ratcheted. Yep. And there's a bunch of wild stuff happening. So it's it's really, really, really fun. And that's what we can do with a lot of these old machines. We could just send out triggers that's basically a sequence mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and just do some wild stuff. Yeah, it's just thinking outside of the box. <laughs>
0: You know what i think is dope though too and and actually daydream sound i want to ask you too but it just reminded me uh with so 100 brand he was saying like yo i still use my mpc asr 10 even though there's all kinds of new stuff that he may have and may like or whatever but that muscle memory of all of it so not only about the muscle memory but um what's the like okay Daydream Sound, when I think of vintage samplers and stuff, if I want to know something, I'm looking for your channel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <You> know, exactly. <laughs> because yeah. I already know that you've put in the time and the research and the experiments and, mm-hmm. you know, not just the time and, like, oh, I just came across this, but, like, you've been using a lot of these machines for for many years, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. What is it about those older machines like the ASR-10, you uh, do you think that there's something that you dig about those over the newer things?
3: Yeah. Uh, over the newer things, I
0: think... In general, I guess.
3: Yeah, in the ASR-10 and in any in Sonic sampler like that, it's because they're so advanced, so I just can't... You can't exhaust it. Like, I'm still learning. <laughs> and I've been using it for well over 20 years. Like, yeah. going on 25 years, I've been using this thing. Mm-hmm. And it's still... I'm still learning. I'm still doing new things because it's so open. With the Mm -hmm. newer samplers, newer manufacturers do this thing where they're like looking to the consumer like, oh, do you want me to put a bit reduction in this? Do you want me to make like, (laughs) stop asking
1: me what I want? Like, do something new
3: and then I'll make mine. You know what I
1: mean? That's why when Sonic did that type of thing. Yep. yeah um a daydream that's this is why when i when i when i bought my octatrack i knew that it was going to be a machine that i was going to own for the probably the rest uh-huh. of my life because i'm just yeah. like i'm never going to fully learn this thing it's just, yeah. this is this is going to be a journey that yeah
3: I, like it, like i'm just, like this is
1: wild yeah
3: the octatrack and the and the ASR 10 it's similar where it's like you make it's like choose your own adventure you get in there and then you make it happen and it, it's open enough that it lets you do that other samplers it's like nope i can't let you do this nope you can't do this you can't do that the asr 10 doesn't do that you yeah. know neither does the octatrack
0: yeah, I, that's dope. Because the thing is that I've always heard about the Octatrack, it's fun for me. And, and f- listen, like like you said, you've been using some of those machines for over 20 years, whereas I've been around a lot of machines. But like I said, I own the ASR-10 for a finite amount of time. And and I use it for some very surface stuff, just kind of siphoning the sound up out of it and <laughs> moving oh, on. You mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. I won't even lie about that. But that idea that, uh, something like this is that kind of open-ended, because I've always heard incredibly dope stories from users like d and and Voltage Controller about the Track, about how open-ended it is, and it could be whatever you want it to be. And some people have, will write it off as like, yo, that workflow sucks, I can't deal with it. But the people I know that dug in realize just how open it is, how kind of open-ended it. you can make it be whatever it is, it can adapt mm-hmm. to your even start to adapt your workflow yeah. it's actually exciting for me to hear that that the asr10 is kind of in that family of things
3: yeah yeah that's why i've been using it for that long it's like i can't you can be like i want to do this and you can go on the asr10 and do it you just have to figure it out
0: yeah so you think gotta think it you'll, yeah yeah
3: it's not going to do it for you exactly you
1: know, but that's it
0: that's dope it's not dumbed down at all
1: no yeah. no 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 <laughs> and it's not it's not dumbed down and it's also one of those machines that you know part of my French could have shitty sound quality or extremely pristine sound quality mm-hmm. there's two directions you can go with it the, the same with all these samplers that have character you can either lo-fi the mess out of it or mm-hmm. or it can be super high quality like clean sound and stuff because when you think of the genres of people using the stuff house versus Mm hip-hop it's already two like sound different sound palettes the same way when i listen to like a lot of house dudes use the sp 1200 and i listen to hip-hop dudes use the sp 1200 they use it in different ways there's different things about it that stand out so yeah man i'm um First of all, I have to get uh, the Daydream Sounds manual to uh, the ASR because I I, know, okay. I saw it. yeah I gotta get that because I, I'm you. probably gonna learn stuff that I didn't know before and then I have to find the disc to my ASR. It's somewhere in here, but it's probably the same place that Ken's Electron Power Supply is. That's, inside, <laughs> that's a that's that's an inside joke. It comes up gone. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so oh, actually,
3: I appreciate that
0: since this is the asr 10 show i'm gonna ask you to tell us about the a the in sonic asr 10 beginners manual on the daydream series.
1: yes okay
3: oh okay so the
0: <laughs> i gotta the, i gotta tell you that we would go there but i didn't realize we would go there like, who who me? <laughs> yeah
3: because
0: cool, because here's the yeah. thing the reason why is because obviously that's a pretty dope thing you've done a lot of people are not uh, you're not going to find new information on old machines most times, 99. Yeah. And yeah. and even CC Funk One was just saying, "Yeah, I always watch daydreams and sonic vids." And then I say, "I didn't know that. I wish I would have tried that." Because mm-hmm. he in the text said that he got rid of his ASR10 because the sequencer wasn't his cup of tea. So, talk about like why you came up with the the ASR10 manual and you know how it's being received and stuff.
3: Yeah, it's, it It was something I never wanted to do. Like when I got on YouTube and I was just posting videos, you just think you're just this dude sharing stuff. And then people are like, yo, can you make a manual? I'm like, I don't want to make no manual. I'm not a teacher. Just leave me alone. You know? <laughs> so, I, Long story short, it got to a point like where every week, two or three people were asking me to make a manual. I'm like, I don't want to do this, but I ended up doing it. Mm-hmm. And it just, it's taken off since there. So the way the manual works, it's a video interactive manual where you can, once you buy into it, it I release updates. The updates are free. Um, and right now we're on update 1.2. I'm working on 1.3 right now. So once you buy in, you just get, I'm never going to stop adding to it. As I learn, I add more things to it. So it takes you from like zero. You don't have to know anything. And I try to make it smooth as possible to get to the advanced stuff without feeling lost mm-hmm. so that's essentially what it is and it's in a format where you can ask me questions live i will get back to you once you once you're in there you're in there you know so yeah, yeah. So there it's you get the curriculum you can see what it is i do uh it has practical parts you get tested you do it's like school yeah school, and, that's fun anyway yeah, yeah, <laughs> but yeah that's essentially it yeah I think that's pretty
0: brilliant, man, because, like I said, you can't get new information on old machines sometimes. And sometimes even the old information may have the stuff that you want, but it it just may not be. I don't know. You may not get what you want out of it, if if that makes sense. You know what I mean? You can try to read whole like. But then the thing is, there's so much. Listen, I could buy a piece of gear today, use it for a year. And next year, if you talk to me, I may be able to tell you 20 things that maybe wasn't even in the manual or the workflow that I do for it. Maybe nobody had thought about when the manual was written. So to think about this 20 some odd years later, and there's all this sort of muscle memory and stuff that's been done. There's a lot that can come of that. Yeah. So that's what yeah. it's,
3: it's a, it's a deep, deep instrument. And that's the thing about it. It is so expansive that once you, if you commit to that thing, you can really, you can go buck. So I, you know, that's what the manual is designed <laughs> to do. Mm-hmm. um i think the thing is like because all of us were up there in age it's like you use something and you see people asking you're like just figure it out you know you like, what's wrong
1: with you <laughs> the, right, right. the grumpy you old man response
3: you've spent the past how many years oh. learning this thing in, in solitude and somebody coming into it now you can't treat them like that because i was at a point where i'd be asking people like you know i'd just be in the studio watching people trying to figure this thing out so yeah that's kind yeah. of where it's come from
0: and you've gained a ton of knowledge that way that yeah. honestly you don't even think about. Like you just, it's it's a lot of stuff we can take for granted that way just because well, this is a part of my regular everyday life. You don't think
1: about Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. I, I always I always say that, you know, I suffered the hours in the studio so that my kids can learn how to mute one sample to another. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, like... <laughs> right. Like, I'm like, hey, you know, I th- my 30 years of experience... Of making beats is also that my kid can have three minutes of knowledge like that took me 30 years is gonna take him three minutes yeah. so yeah. i'm just like man that's why old dudes are valuable and well and that's the other thing too you know we're what great I- we're, we're we're the oldies the goldies man what you I don't think realize it,
3: man. You wake up one day and you're like, oh, I'm old now. Like, I'm the old guy. But,
0: <laughs> but. You, you are the young guy in the room all the time. Now you're the old guy in the room. Like, how the yeah. hell does that <laughs> But exactly. what, what
1: that makes us is it makes us walking encyclopedias. Yeah,
0: yeah. Which is why I could tell you, and, and I mean, you know, it's not like and Sonic could come and tap anybody for any information. It's not really around, but I mean. That's a whole nother story but the idea that we've spent all these years learning things figuring things out and not to even proclaim to be the knower of all things but i do think it's dope that some of these companies come to the people in this room and other people that do similar content and stuff like that and and get like okay what is that that you do what what are those kinds of things does this make sense now a lot of times they don't listen <laughs> Until way later But sometimes they listen and things get better for that So that's what I think is dope I mean, you know, you got somebody like Masada Who, you know, I've literally seen his contributions To what a lot of people uh, Yeah, yep You know what I mean? A lot of people are using a lot of stuff on, on NPCs to date That literally come
1: directly from Masada mm-hmm. Corey, you know what's really interesting? So, you know, because me and you are on this 2KXL journey right now, right? Yeah. So, I haven't used the 2KXL in probably a decade. Yeah. Right? I yeah. haven't even touched one in a decade. Once my computer started working, I abandoned my 2KXL and I started making beats on the computer. Right? Right. right. But yeah. here's the thing all the knowledge that I've gained in sound design in a decade, when I went to sit down and make a beat on the 2KXL, I'm a whole different beast on this oh. thing.
0: I believe it. I believe because it. now
1: I understand what things are actually doing in the 2000 XL. Like the note variation slider thing? Mm-hmm. Bro, I'm freaking that joint now because of knowledge <laughs> of sound design. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, because of knowledge of sound design that I have now 10 years later yeah. of just making music. Mm-hmm, like, mm. man, that's why a lot of these old pieces of gear, I'm revisiting them because I'm like, oh, now I know what this button does. Mm-hmm. Now I know what this... This feature is called. Now I know what this is, and and I can be more expressive because I've had time with knowledge and learning and language and yeah, yo I'm so that's why yo when I, when you hear these beats I'm making with the two KXL right now I know it's bro. gonna be bananas bro I, I, like I think I think you're gonna be the first man in history to have a baby <laughs> <laughs> yo go so check this out man. <laughs> <laughs> you, everyone here, do you
3: think you're getting better with age, or do, yes. are you like, yo, I was better when I was younger? Nope,
0: I definitely think I'm getting better with age. It, I'm, I'm way old. better with age, but I what I can't tell sometimes is 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 it because of advancements in the technology, or is it because of the stuff that I've learned over the years, or mm-hmm. a combination of both? And I contemplate that a lot because I got my MPC 2000 over here, uh, 2000 Excel. I put in some old discs and I pulled up some stuff and I was like, "Sounds like some shit I would make," <laughs> like, but, but yesterday though. <laughs> well, I, I but
1: think when I think
0: about it like what I was using the the way I was using that machine at that point. Um, I got better when I started exploring other types of technology, so I'm interested now to see how it translates going back to that thing.
1: I yeah. think, it, I, Corey, I think it's one of those things where, like, you know. There's trade-offs that age, mm-hmm. you know, that that age brings into the picture. It's like young bulls got swag, but they have no knowledge. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah. Old yeah.
1: old dudes have mad knowledge but no swag. Right. right. You know, so there, so this so there's trade-offs. There's a mm-hmm. compromise. There's like there's like, yeah. well, now that I'm older, you know, I'm not I'm not going to it's it's almost like I don't trust I would not go to war with somebody that hasn't fought in a war. Like mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. you have no scars on you, you're not missing You don't have any bullet holes. I don't know if you actually really fought before.
0: Oh, mm. but so so now we can get into. I'm gonna say this, but then I want to ask. I want to pose a question about the ASR ten specifically. But you bring <laughs> up something that makes me think. Like yo, I just got finished watching the uh, the Last Dance. And I still oh, got two. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, the yeah. Last Dance about the the Bulls dynasty and how when Jordan came onto the team, the Bulls. Like there was a quote in there that said the Bulls were the traveling cocaine circus before he mm -hmm. showed up. (laughs) You know where they were drinking Mm -hmm. beer at halftime and (laughs) you know smoking cigarettes that they got from the coaches. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All like, oh, so he' supposed to be our savior? He' supposed to come through? And he straight flipped the team on his head and Mm -hmm. and. Then they became what we know as that bull fame in there. So there's I think there's a there's a trade off in different ways. But I guess
1: Yeah, there's a, there's definitely a trade off, but I, I, I think at the end of the day it's about care and passion into what you're doing. If you really care about what you're doing and you care about the content. And when I say content, I don't mean YouTube videos, because that's what people call content nowadays. Mm -hmm. Content Mm -hmm. is is what goes into the music, what you write about, Mm -hmm. why Mm -hmm. you're making the music, the care that you put into your sounds, into all the yeah, the 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 heart behind the content. Mm -hmm. When that is your driving force and not like how many people can see me making this content.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It
1: determines how how much you dig into the manual, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it determines like, well, I have this this one beat machine. I I got to make sure that I know how to be so so expressive and have the language on this joint. A lot of like, I you know, I talk about this all the time, Corey. People mm-hmm. buy pieces of gear and they only use five percent of the features of what that gear can do.
0: Yep. and then
1: they, they're quick to buy another piece of gear because it's because
0: not so many options and
1: and yeah. you know what I mean like
0: back in the day I mean you think about it you get an ASR 10 or you get an MPC 2000 XL and like Ken said before he fell off the show <laughs> a lot of people ain't just going to be having multiple joints like that unless your yeah. man had one thing and you had another and y'all might bring them together but what that did is it forced you to learn that joint inside and out. You know what I'm saying? Like, absolutely learn it inside and out. But one of the things I wanted to ask you, uh, Daydream Sound, is um, you, I know you rock the Octatrack nowadays. Yeah. And I've seen you do, I've seen video of you doing like a live set and stuff and talking about the Octatrack and that kind of thing. interesting that we made this parallel between the asr10 and how how it's open-ended and advanced and it's put the same parallel between those two the, the octatrack and the asr10 mm-hmm. do you find that when you go from one to the other you approach it a little differently like now that you've used the octatrack if you go back and use the asr10 are you kind of in the same mindset or do you kind of approach things a little differently because of this newer yeah. technologies
3: technology it's it's different all the time with any sampler It's it's like relationships. Like you Mm -hmm. can't treat your son the way you treat your daughter. You can't treat the wife the way you treat the side chick. You have to (laughs) you got to do it different, right? So, Mm -hmm. because of the Octatrack, I'm one to let the machine do what it wants to do, and I'll 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 influence it. You know, so the Octatrack is pretty like I want to do this, so I'll I'll play with it. Mm -hmm. The the ASR10 is the same thing. Like it has its way, and I don't I don't force it to do something that it doesn't naturally do, but I'll do the best. I'll work with what it's best at doing. And I think with any piece of gear, you have to do that if you want to get along with it. Otherwise, it's just, it's conflict, you know?
2: Mm-hmm. You kind
3: of got to give and take with gear. So it's always yeah. different, even though they're both open, even though they're both similar in the fact that they let you go in there and tweak whatever you want, they're yeah. still different. But... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of the way I I look at it. That's Somebody cool.
1: uh, autograph mentioned uh, nobody could afford to buy and sell like that back then. You bought yeah. a machine and you learned it or died trying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's,
0: true. that's well, the truth. Well also and that
1: actually,
0: aftermarket thing wasn't like it is now. It like wasn't, you had it, it was called the reader and like you know you maybe could find something in a reader or then or or there'd be something used on the show floor at guitar center and it's not like they had a whole section for that
1: (laughs) also also, Corey, here's another thing that's real important that's why that era was where people started to have definite, defined sounds in the genre Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. the the dudes making beats in the east coast using a specific drum machine had a vibe right mm-hmm. you yep. know primo sounded the way that he did because of the the npc that he was using mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know so but cool. then but then you had cats on the west coast i remember battle cat using the same npc but using it in a whole different way yeah. because mm-hmm. they're fo- they're focusing more on key groups than right. samples mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it's like
0: yeah yeah because the west coast was about more playing and creating melodies and grooves. And and you know, um, New York, it's about sampling. It was more gritty. And and like, I, I remember Andre 3000 saying something I thought made so much sense about the different sort of hip hop flavors in the different regions. It's like, yo, if you go to New York and you see how New Yorkers dress, act, how the, the city looks and it's all concrete, hard things, big buildings, fast talkers, moving quick, like, the music sounds like the environment it, it sounds makes industrial more more yeah it sounds very- <laughs> <laughs> you know what i'm saying when you go to the west coast it's like beautiful with trees but there's something in the neighborhood that's got a, like an undercurrent to it, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. So,
1: so Peter Kadar music mentioned, you know, it's, it's just like jazz sounded different by region. And mm-hmm. that's one thing that I know, like I, the New York cats bop different than the West coast cats and they bop yep. different than the Canadian cats and they bop yeah, the different Southern than you, yeah, the Southern cat, you know, they got, you know, the same, the same, uh, dialect that they have in their language. Like the twang is mm-hmm. the same thing you hear in their courts. Yeah,
0: yeah, word. Yeah, you know,
1: and and that's very important because that's kind of what we're missing. Well, it's 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 good. I don't I don't think it's a bad thing. Here's the thing: culture is so mixed now that West Coast and East Coast that sounds don't really kind of like have their own pocket anymore. Everybody's doing everything, but yeah. dialect is still something that's very important when it comes to music. Like, you're right. where yeah. you're from is going to determine, like, how your drums bang. Mm-hmm. Because where you're from, priority might not be on drums. It might be yeah. more on chords.
0: Yeah, it might be it more on melody. Might yeah. be,
1: you know, like, mm-hmm. like down south cats, they use two drum sounds.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's right.
1: <laughs> but, but that's what's priority for them. How, to, how does that 808 rattle your truck? Because mm-hmm. culture there is like, yo, they listen to music in their cars most of the time.
0: And it, and it is it is like a badge of honor to make sure that that car is beaten down the block. <laughs> you know what I'm it saying? To. It has to. That's just a part of it.
1: Like, I don't want to hear my music Destroy. Like, I don't want to hear this in the back of a car. I don't want to hear that. Like, that's not my desire to hear that with my bass. I'm sorry. But I know that might be a badge of honor for other people, other places. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Certainly. I get It's it.
0: like what you said. It's like a priority. There's different things that take priority in different regions. Hey, who would y'all think? Who would y'all think would be the company out there to make uh, a successor to the ASR10? Like, if there was a similar situation to like the S2400, who do you think would make? You know, the arc <laughs> 10 or the A10? <laughs> mm, mm,
1: mm. If if you slap some keys on an Octatrack.
0: I, uh, so electron would be the one to i do think it.
1: electron might might do it or there's new players mm-hmm. and we and we know the background of some of the guys in 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 charge i'm thinking you know asm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know because they got that hydro synth it's already that's they, true they got the body that keyboard is already mm-hmm. like you that's know a monster. So it is. it's a monster so that's a
0: good thought yeah
1: ASM
3: has already shown their their tendency to to appreciate in sonic layout. So I, I like mm-hmm. them I like arteria a lot. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, any company that has the nuts to make a, a, a matrix brute will take that type of risk to make something like an, like an ASR10. So I, yeah. I I like yeah. them just because of their ability to do whatever they want to do. Um, that's that's, that's they pretty took much
0: with that. That's a good point, because I got, you got to say, like, when when I think back to the time, the day that I saw the damn Matrix Brute for the first time, I was just sitting there like, well, what the hell is this? Nothing yeah. looks like this. What is this? Kind
1: of yeah. that time, That's how I felt when I saw the origin. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because it had that
0: kind of flavor, too. The so origin. that's interesting. Aturia could be, you know, I don't think that but then again, who thought that they were going to do analog sense and kind of be at the forefront of the yeah. analog revival or sort of resurgence? So, yeah, yeah if they, man, they do,
1: they, like do what that, they want to do,
0: pretty special. Yeah.
1: Here, here, here's where I'll flip it on, on its head. It might be an app.
0: Yeah, it could be. Because we yeah. saw seeing that with the SP 1200 it it was, might, yeah.
1: yeah, it might be an app. Or if or Roland, you know, if they ever decide to, you know not be rolling anymore. They can well, I'll
3: tell you what.
1: <laughs> Contact is
3: very similar to the ASR10 like you got the layers yes. you got it it really reminds me of that you know what I mean that that kind of thing there like Yeah. That's interesting. interesting.
0: Man, I what can I, actually understand that that was one of the things they were looking to when they were uh emulating different things as they were kind of building machine yeah. And, and
1: Yeah, machine has a little bit of the ASR vibe. Mhm. Um, as far as like just how it operates but mm. the mojo see i'm i'm, I'm waiting for there, there's certain technologies that I've been looking at like for instance uh the company mac DSP that makes plugins yep. they just mm. they just came out with a a box called the a8 and the a16 i believe it's called and what it is it's it's a bo- it's an analog box that can become anything you want it to be it's it's fully analog but it could be a compressor, it could be a limiter, it could be a summing mixer. So mm-hmm. there's, they have a technology where you they can DSP the digital end of it, but all I know the, what you're talking about I saw you, that. Yeah, and it's 7 $7,000 for the 16 channel and I think they just they just came out with an 8 and I don't know how much that is, but yeah. obviously ha- half of that probably. But the fact that they created this analog technology that can morph on the digital side of it I'm waiting for a company to say, "Hey, we made a beat machine that can sound like anything." Yeah, word. That's <laughs> what I'm, that's what I'm waiting for. But see that that here's the thing. So
0: it's funny. Arturia because-
1: is in a sampling game, by the way. They just dropped the the Fairlight and yeah. also the Mellotron that you can sample into it yep. and playback samples. So they technically are. So just wanted to correct yeah,
0: that. And that's one of those kind of sleeper situations that you never know. How that might appear in later products.
1: That's a big beta test right there. Yeah, you know what I'm
0: saying. <laughs> that's uh that's a that's an interesting interesting point. But I have to go back to when I think about stuff like the ASR10 and other samplers. Um, I really feel like your rack is that playground where those kinds mm-hmm. of things start to happen. You have stuff like the ER301 that you can build mm-hmm. just about anything in. And then like I have to keep going back to the the uh, Rossim Electro father of the sb1200 the rossum electro uh assimilator that can get really damn close to a lot of those things man and um i kind of think that's a sleeper in itself but whether or not one of those companies want to translate those things into a new box that (laughs) markets that may remind people of the asr10 remains to be seen though
1: that just reminds me i need to figure out some way to get a whole rossum system (laughs) that's his mean. <laughs> that is word. That would be nice. I've never yeah. seen that before. Exact, <laughs> exact exactly. well, well, they they did have the first systems. Yeah. They, yeah. I, they, I think they had the those first uh uh emu modular systems. Yeah, back mm-hmm. in
0: the day. But yeah. I mean you, you you don't see cats like I got the trident here and I got the evolution here, and I've often thought like yo, it would be dope to have a whole row or so of just raw stuff and but that means you know that's a lot of like they got some pretty heavy hitter modules every they don't make no bs modules <laughs> one of them
1: hey uh dds did you see um their panharmonium yep what, what was your yep. thoughts on that that that's a pretty wild I, I always
3: like what the, what the older, like the seasoned guys do because, and this is what I'm saying. Their mentality is the mentality that we need to have. Like, did anyone ask him for that? He's like, no, no I'm doing this because I think it's good. You know? Mm. So, yo, you make something, I'll play with it and I'll come up with something all on my own. And that is hip hop. Yeah. We say it all the time about the SP and the MPC. Mm-hmm. They didn't tell us to go sample drum breaks in there and, be sampling james brown we just did that yeah did did. didn't intend for us to do it but we did it so with something like the panharmonia when i'm listening to things like that i'm like i have no idea what i would do with that but the fact that i
1: could do a lot <laughs> with it i will come up with something
3: that's right that's like, it's right. only a matter of time you
1: know yo shout out to kerry cases he asked uh not to take it elsewhere but what do we think about remakes of the sixty-three thousand or 2 KXL? I don't think we should remake them joints. <laughs> uh and here's why. The uh, OGs work. They they work great now. They still you know? work very well. Yeah, they still work very well. Um thank goodness you can still get parts for them. You know and they're uh, not too crazily priced, quite frankly. Yeah, they're not. You know what I mean? The
0: three thousand is the most expensive out of all the ones he mentioned. But the fact of the matter is, if you really want one of those, you could still it's still sort of obtainable, unlike what the SP-1200 became.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think tip- we have, like, you know,
3: what Roger Lynn flashed on the podcast a couple weeks ago. That's all I care about. Like,
1: Yeah, yeah, that's f- yeah the future. Stuff, that's
3: doing, doing his thing, That it, it gets no better than that. So that's what I would personally look forward to.
1: Mm-hmm. Honestly, man, like, the three thousand is cool, and it's a great NPC. But I can't justify spending that much money on old technology, right? If I want, how much they're, are they? Man, they they're like dollar per per <laughs> thousand number. Yeah. It's like it's like oh, you want an NPC three thousand? Like you're gonna pay three thousand dollars? Like like oh, if NPC three thousand? Yeah, that'll be three thousand dollars. Um, yeah, that's, you know that's
0: pretty much the price point. But I'm but, but, at but we all
1: know like we all know why it's because of the 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 ghost that is attached to the 3K. Yes. you mm-hmm. know, which yeah, I I love the fact that the 3K is attached to that ghost. But sorry guys, you're not him and you won't sound like him. So you know that 3K just lower that price a little bit and sound like you. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and that's the thing, man. Like, old gear is cool, but I feel like component technology now is way better. Like, my phone is more powerful than the two K XL.
0: Well, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. The problem is people look at those things that all these old machines we talk about and think, if I get that, I'll sound like this person. If I get an ASR ten, I'll sound like Kanye. You know, no, if you, I get won't. An no you won't. I'll sound like Timber. How man? But then that disc- How, okay. That that yeah, exactly. And and, and that, the weird thing about that is that it, it's dismissive to those people's brilliance in the mm-hmm. way that they create. You know what I mean? Like what you will have is a drill or a saw, but it's yet to be seen whether or not you can do some real craftsmanship <laughs> with that tool. You know yeah. what I mean?
1: Well, Corey, it's 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 kinda like what we talk about all the time when it comes to modbap. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I'm i you know, Corey, you know how you know how I think about society. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they were not thinking these guys are gonna be making dope hip hop with these Euro Rack modules.
0: Oh, that no, nobody was thinking that. As a matter right? of fact, I know of stories personally where people yelled at places in Euro-Rack like, we ain't doing all this to be making that.
1: <laughs> you yeah, know I mean. yeah, so it's just one of those things where it's like, nah, we took it and we made it sound like us. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And that's, that's the, the whole that's the whole point of gear and you that's take what you something
0: do. you take whatever it is and you should be making it sound like you yes, uh
3: yeah
0: or even if it imparts sound to what you're doing or influences kind of your workflow you still should come out of the wash sounding like what you sound like with that device
1: yeah,
3: yeah i think everyone does like there's times like I, I know i'm not the only one you make something and you're like no 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 this is too far out let me tame this down yeah you know, yeah <laughs> i used to do that for years i used to be like no no i'm not letting nobody hear this this is just they're gonna think it's i'm too wild strange. <laughs> yeah yeah so then you kind of make it more normal
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but
3: you know you really should just let it be you know and yeah i'm imagining that's what dilla
1: did that's what primo did he's like no it's staying just like this mm-hmm. yeah you know, uh you do that, uh nah bro i don't mess with floppies no more homie i'm 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 all flash drives, compact flash, SD card, like new technology. Cause the last thing I want to do is be stuck with a floppy. Yeah, to, yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't mess with floppies no more. Yeah,
0: I'm not with that either. Me, fact, me, perso- me personally, me personally, I can't. Right here is a. Oh, oh. What is that? That's Compact Flash. That's not what I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I got Compact Flash. This, but I mean, emulators like this for your old machines is kind of where is that? I wouldn't mess with yeah. the floppies. If I'd kept my ASR longer, I would have switched that out for like, you know, what I have in my sixty old. Uh, it's Gotek, right? Yeah. So, look, look I'm around. still floppy.
3: Are you still floppy? I still floppy? use floppies. I'm. Um,
1: I think that's part of like the process for you. Weird. I was see, I was gonna say that. I'm like, I know you like it. I know you like this. <laughs> <one>. <laughs> this is just like um, that's just a little bit of them for. What I would imagine, because, like
3: that. that stuff from like the 90s and like there's still there's even some things from the 80s in there that I that I've gotten from other people. Wow. That it's because they're so small, like it put a little bit of an idea on that disc, and it's there. Like it's mm-hmm. it's quicker in that sense where. Yeah. I found working with scuzzies. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is this big hard drive, Now I gotta find something.
0: Yeah, you gotta go. It's like drudging through this
1: thing and figuring it all mm-hmm. out. Right?
3: Yeah,
1: yeah, but... but oh, go ahead. That's I'm just sorry.
3: me. I don't expect anybody to like floppies. I, yeah, but I but, but, but,
1: agree. but we know we know you, uh, man. We, we you all about that process, man. We 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 we, we know we know the vibe. We know the vibe. Me, I'm about like I gotta deliver something to a client in an hour. Mm-hmm. I don't got time for floppies. No, and, yeah, and you of, should.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's going to take up your time if you got to do that.
1: Bro, right now, yo, that's why I don't mess. Dude, here's how spoiled I am. If it's not an SSD, I'm not messing with it. <laughs> if it doesn't have the speed, here, here's, here's where I'm spoiled. If it's not as fast as my phone, I'm well, a little spoiled.
0: That- yeah, you you definitely spoiled. If that's the case, because not a lot of things. I mean, especially when we talk about the classic stuff,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? Like that that takes that right on out of the equation at that point.
1: Like like Corey, remember uh, the other day in our in our Marco Polo, I was telling you like, man, mute groups on the two thousand XL is the biggest headache in the world.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, because
1: I could only mute seven that's- sounds, <laughs> and then the rest of it like why why give me you know four banks of sixteen pads if I could only choke. Seven sounds. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Akai, from back in the day. Yeah, I'm glad they fixed that. You know. Uh, So I think. Well, I wonder was that kind of stuff
0: dictated by certain limitations, Uh, like because people have even people that design stuff have weird ideas of what they should limit based on a limited technology that they're designing stuff with. Like, and you'd be like, but you can do this, and it'd be like, yeah, but we're going to eventually hit the ceiling. And so we're just gonna limit it at this to stay safe.
1: <laughs> I think I think uh, music genre determines features of yeah. what gets implemented into things. So like once they once they started to do the research, it was like, huh, these guys are chopping samples on our sampler, and they're playing it this way. Ah, we need to implement a feature where now more than seven sounds could be in a mute group. Oh, you know what? Let's create the concept of mute groups. Let's create this. Let's create, you know, let's have envelopes not only just do this, but have it affect this too. Mm -hmm. So it's like as music changed, as music culture changed, as new genres were being developed, developers are sitting back like, oh, yeah, ratcheting needs to be part of the way sequencers work because that's what modern music sounds like. And we need to give them a way to create this thing, whether it be with envelopes or with the sequencer or with. So that's that's why. I always bring up these two companies, Akai and Electron, because they both do the same things, but they approach it in different ways. Like they they approach uh, how to do something, how to achieve a sound, but in like the polar opposite ways. Mm -hmm. Um, And but it's all based on how music is changing, and how and what the demand of people like. For instance, the Digitag doesn't chop samples, Mm -hmm. but you can sequence uh, start points. Yeah, mm-hmm. Based mm-hmm. on, you know, like so the
0: Older samplers back in the day It was Somebody showed me that back in the day Where at that point we were taking uh, Listening to the record And saying I want that part, pulling the record back And trying to catch only that part mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Pulling the record back and trying to catch only that part Where then somebody blew my mind It was like they sampled this long thing And then they copied that to different pads And changed the start point point. And me and my guy looked at each other like <laughs> now today that didn't sound like much but I'm talking about this was the 90s though oh yeah, yeah I feel you, you know so we like looked to each other like you see what he just did like that was crazy mm-hmm. you
1: know but, but a lot of a lot of those techniques too were also based on sample time yeah, so a yeah. lot a lot of guys they were like man I'm gonna just sample eight bars rather than go in and sample 30 times of different <laughs> little Both slices different little
0: stuff yeah you yeah. know
1: so a lot of it is just technique that we don't really have to deal with because we have unlimited storage. Right.
3: Yeah. So a good thing to bring up now that we're speaking about chopping is that with the ASR-10, in mm. the 90s, you could have gotten 127 chops using no extra memory.
2: Yes. It's Great. a large
3: feature. Yes. I think the oldest video, I think, on the internet is actually Kanye explaining how he did it. But mm. the because the ASR-10 has eight layers and 127 uh uh, slots, it uses the fact that you're never going to play any 32 of those samples, which is its poly- whatever mm-hmm. the polyphony is. It's like 24 or 32 or 36. Since you're never going to be playing two chops at once, you can now chop up 32 samples and never copy the memory. It's just referencing the start point.
1: Yep. That's you know, wild. So and it's, and it's that, you could also modulate the start point too. Yeah, you can modulate the yeah. but the thing is you're not eating up memory. Yeah. yeah. Dang, y'all gonna make me have to bust out my ASR, man. Jeez, <laughs> it's dope, man. Oh, it's dope. And that I, and that was never for the intent of chopping
3: at all. Like it, it just allows you to copy the sample without. It allows you to reference the sample without copying the data. Right. Had nothing to do with chopping. I'm pretty sure they were oblivious to chopping, but yeah. for the process of synthesis, it's massive. Yeah. Now you could create super big pads and modulated pads without eating up memory their whole thing was memory and that's the way they got around it now for a hip-hop person with chopping that works out beautiful yes you know so
0: that's brilliant actually that's pretty brilliant and see that's the other thing about the companies who are creating these machines it's like that kind of stuff being thought of for synthesis and that kind of thing and then we come along we being hip-hop or urban music or just you know current music at the time because it's probably Mm. more than just hip hop anyway but come along and start to use that technology the astute mind uses that technology to do what he's wanted to do have been doing even better though because the tool has these features that's that's really dope that's real good so yo no go ahead d you sound like you're gonna you had another thing
1: no i'm just saying man I'm, i'm here looking up uh ASR ten. ASR ten. No, because I have one. I just man, I gotta look for the disc and and I gotta find somewhere to put it right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, because that joint is big, man.
1: I I don't, I don't got the table space for it. Jeez, all right.
0: <laughs> no doubt. So, yo, hey, um, I think we've we've kind of. I, I I actually like the idea that the ASR ten because of how advanced it is, and how it how it works and operates and kind of open ended. How it steered us to different bits of information that wasn't necessarily related to the ASR 10. But still, all of that conversation was really spurred by what the ASR 10 was capable of and kind of its little special sort of things that it had about it. Mm-hmm. So. I could i could easily see like my initial question is like why is it so still so sort of sought after one of those machines that people kind of look to like oh that's the joint but it's still sort of underground i think that's every reason about it right there it kind of mm-hmm. gives you a lot to work with but at the same time it's not the everyman tool <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah yeah it's pretty dope pretty dope
1: you got to have a special kind of patience mm-hmm. uh yeah
0: geez yeah man i just want to uh say thanks everybody for stopping by this has been another episode thanks to daydream sound for stopping by man you yeah know, thank
1: you so much my brother yeah having that, me
0: that knowledge is is indispensable and invaluable and we we love having you on You, our brother love talking to you
3: oh, thank you man appreciate it You You're always welcome thanks for so, having yo, me
0: Everybody on there, make sure you subscribe to uh, the Daydream Sound channel. Subscribe to B Boy Tech Report. Make sure you stop by beatpeople.com and patronize the site, uh, MSX Audio, or patronize their site. And yo, if you got an ASR 10 out there, make sure you go to the Daydream Sound site and uh, get get that course, that manual for real, for real. And uh, yeah, support us all so we can keep doing this content that uh, we as a community. Know and love and like.
1: Wait, um, wait, wait! Somebody just asked a really cool question. It's like, yo, I wonder why alchemists stopped using the ASR ten. It's because the MPC twenty five hundred just blew it out of the water. <laughs> there you go. Just saying.
0: <laughs> well, that's a good answer. I could go with that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> me too. Me too. Yeah, no I, uh, yeah. Because I'm like, oh, I know the, I know the reason for that. He's cause... like, ooh, ooh, I know this <laughs> one. <laughs> <laughs>